P is for Perception, and C is for Cosmopunk. Vesk Don't Wear Ties, a homebrew Starfinder story featuring the crew of the Leica 7. Hi, I'm Cypher, and I play Ryder, the Leica 7's resident Yosaki operative and pilot. They told Ryder she could be anything she wanted to be, so she became a Where's Wally book, filled with blades. Hello, I'm Ty, and I play Radar, a Yamalton commando. His main interests are guns and violence, and uh, that's about it really. He's not that deep. Hi, I'm Pan, and I play the android kobold mage Baphomet, captain of the Lucky Seven, and currently missing on the trail of a mysterious message. And I'm RJ. I normally play the ship's Vesk mechanic V, but I don't have to think of an intro for them this time, because I'm the GM. Yay! Previously on Cosmopunk, Radar and Ryder headed to a metro station aboard Conqueror's Forge to try out their new identity card cloning device by copying the cards of two Vesk residents of the space station. The pair then head to another station using the forged cards, and after nearly getting caught, manage to slip past the guards and onto the commuter network. They then head to the Department of Mine Sector, the part of the space station where the best central database is stored. Not wanting to put his sneaking abilities to the test, Radar hides in a toilet, and Ryder uses her stealth to sneak into the central database room carrying Radar's drone flyby with her. Keeping out of sight of the best head archivist fraction, Ryder upgrades her and Radar's security clearance to make them both appear to be informants for the Vesk, under the pseudonyms Edward Voss and Camilla Fontaine. While in the database, she also creates a fake bank account to buy the drones with, and creates a new profile for V so that they can finally return to the Vesk area. Ryder also captures a glimpse of the same terrifying Black Vesk warrior she first saw a few days earlier, and learns that the Atlanti were behind the attack on Vesk 8. Episode 5 the beating heart of the best war machine. You've just marked the door with a red X to let Corsa know that the mission was a success. The evening is yours. What do you do? Okay. Ryder gives a huge sigh of relief that the scary part of the mission is out of the way and uh, sort of taps radar on the back of the thigh, sort of says, um, Hey, good buddy. All done. What do you want to do now? Eat and sleep. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, so what is your evening plan? Uh, I mean, once again, it's, uh, it's a weekday, but bars are starting to open. Uh... Go back. Rest and sleep. We have a job to do tomorrow. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea to get completely sloshed. Um, Ryder wants to go back to the hotel and sit in the bar for a bit. Hmm, I wonder why. Oh, no idea why. Squint. But she can't uh, do much in character as her previous personality because she's now Camilla Fontaine. Which will be very confusing for the barmaid. But... Won't it just? So you still got your, your fancy suits on? Yes. Uh. Is Ryder about to jeopardise the mission again? Oh, I do hope so. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. So yeah, uh, you make your way, well, you just make your way straight back to the Cosmos Hotel. Mm. Yeah. Besides, you ain't got a fucking leg to stand on, Mister. I don't know what to do when a security guard speaks to me on, on the first fucking hurdle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I never claimed to be good at this. 
you didn't, but I was hoping that you were. <laughs> no. Radar is yes. not a stealthy person. Is this going to be like Bluff, where there's, we're going to level up and then uh, Radar's going to have like, spent ages practicing... Sneaky otter shit. He spent two craft. months staring in the mirror, learning how to bluff. <laughs> but then you'd only yeah. convince yourself that you knew how to bluff. But because you'd be only convincing yourself, you'd just be bluffing yourself that you knew how to bluff. But yep. RJ, it's worked. But then That's if you I bluffed think. yourself that you know how to bluff, then by dint of that, you must know how to bluff at that point, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to bluff yourself into thinking you could bluff. Yes. So it would work. Yeah. Excellent. Get that man a mirror. At this point, does a, f- a radar explode and a fresh one appear <laughs> in this place? <laughs> We've had that already. Just yeah. pops like a balloon. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's looking a bit busier on the Conquest Forge this evening. Oh. Radar is going to go and just chill in his bedroom with the door locked. Oh, right. Well, Radar's going to go down to the, um, the hotel bar and sit there with a suitcase and read the menu. Cool. Yeah, you're approached by one of the waiters, actually. Uh, you remember the other vest. So, yeah, Cinder is on bar again this evening. Uh, she's accompanied by the same other young vest who was tending bar with her, who approaches you to take your order. Hello there. Yeah, I'd, I'd like a drink, please. What, what, what do you recommend this evening? Depends what kind of food you'd like to order. We offer a, a lovely array of white and red wines, or we can offer you a stunning range of freshly imported new liqueurs, which pair nicely with the grackle, or... Are you a fan of seafood, Mum? <laughs> oh, very much so, but I've, I've already eaten this evening. Um, c- can you fetch me something uh, dry and, and crisp? Maybe a little bit maybe a little bit sweet. Ah, an aperitif. I can prepare your spritzer, of course. Thank you. Your choice. Your choice. Yep, he disappears, and then a couple of minutes later, returns with a silver platter on which there is uh, a nicely gradiated from sort of clear to purple alcoholic beverage of some kind that may or may not be some kind of spritzer with extras. Lovely. So yeah, Rose is going to sort of sip that throughout the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this cred stick that we've got, not the dummy one linked to the, the savings account with the Throckwell Banking Consortium, mm-hmm. the one that's like linked to her personal account. Would she be able to go to like the hotel reception and like just withdraw some some cash with that, or is all of the cash digital in this universe? So the galactic universal currency is credits. However, you could probably exchange some into the local Vesk currency which are these small cylinders rather than coins. They're each about, I don't know, the size of a, a 9mm cartridge, and then they, they go all the way up to something about the size of, I don't know, a NATO round. NATO. It's the only thing I have for references for small cylinders. So No, I like that. Vest currency is <clears throat> bullets. That works very well. Yeah, it's um, similar to bullets. It's about the same size as them, and they, they vary from silver up to gold up to uh, platinum and they've got intricately carved like details on them to prevent forgery hmm. all right um well Ryder's gonna go up to reception and uh, see if the uh, receptionist is around like ring the bell if there is one ding yep uh receptionist appears it's like hello can i help you hello there um i'd like to exchange some money please Ryder puts her uh, personal credit stick on the table Yep. Uh, how many credits do you have at this point? Yeah, at this point I've got uh, 759 credits. Brilliant. And uh, how uh, how much would you like to exchange with us today, please? Uh, 100 credits worth in Vest currency, please. I don't like maths, so that's uh, that's 10 
Bestian rounds. <laughs> rounds, I like that. You know okay. what? Their currency is called rounds. Fuck it. This is world that's... building on the fly. No, that's great. I like that. Yep. Uh, 100 credits gets you 10 Bestian rounds, and you can have that split down into small decimal as well. Okay. So I was going like... to say, I'm not, not going to take all of my money out and turn it into rounds. <laughs> well, you never know. If you come across an enemy and tries to mug you, you can just throw them in. Yeah, or fire them out of one of my guns. Okay, so yeah, she exchanges the money and says, uh, thank you very much. Yep, so you've, you've now got a small pouch full of various uh, like gold, silver, and platinum cylinders making up a total of uh, ten rounds. Ten biscuit rounds, okay. And yeah, she goes back into the bar, sits in uh, her old seat, and um, keeps an eye out for, uh, for Cinder over her, uh, her shades. Yeah, like I said, she is working bar. Are you looking for anything in particular? Are you looking for her to notice you, or are you just, like, stalking her from the far side of the bar <laughs> to see if something happens? If I catch her eye, I'll just give her a nod and a smile and uh, raise my glass to her. Uh, yep, so after, I'd say, like, a couple of minutes of you sitting there, uh, she happens to glance over your way, and, yeah. She doesn't recognise you at first, because you've gone from like, your tourist clothes to your Camilla Fontaine super-secret business suit, with your different coloured hair and your glasses and your smart suit. She almost doesn't recognise you for a sec, and then she gives you a little wave from across the bar and goes back to uh, work. Yeah, uh, right away is back, um, finishes her drink, try and maintain some era of charisma, even though she has <clears throat> zero. <clears throat> I've decided that the reason that you have zero charisma is because nobody can take you seriously because you're so small and cute. How dare. It's like trying to uh, take a puppy seriously when it's like, woof woof, I could murder you, woof woof. And it's like, mm, could you though? But the puppy has a knife. Yeah, but then this puppy has two blades and a trick attack. <laughs> yeah, even if a puppy has a knife, he's still like, ah, oh, you're so cute. Uh... <laughs> You couldn't hurt me, you're too adorable. And then your organs are on the outside of your body now. Oh Oops. yeah, but that's that's no longer charisma related, so... No. Now it's murder related. So yes, uh, Senpai has noticed you. Excellent. So yeah, um, she's going to finish her drink, and um, at that point she'll go up to the bar again and uh, try and get Senpai's attention. Yeah, she finishes dealing with the customer and is like, Hello, I almost didn't recognise you in that smart outfit. Do you have any kind of business meeting today or something? Yes, you could say that. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, you don't perchance know how to make um, a, a very specific kind of cocktail. I'm, I'm looking for someone who can make me um, an Akaton sunset. I can't find anyone who's um, who's capable of making one in any of the bars in the tourist year. Oh, this district. that's the that's the cocktail you've described last time, isn't it? Is Come it? Um, could, could you have a go at making me one, please? Yeah, don't why not. Hmm. Give me a second. Alright. I'm gonna roll memory for her. <laughs> okay, yep, she goes like back to the uh, the spirits behind the bar, starts picking various ones off, puts something together, and makes you something that is not entirely correct, but <laughs> similar to an Akaton Sunrise. It's definitely got the gradient, but the uh... <laughs> Oh she's made an Akaton Sunrise, I asked for an Akaton Sunset, so she's done it upside down, is what she's done. <laughs> she's made you an Akaton something. Uh, to the best of her ability with the best of her memory because she definitely didn't commit it to memory based on that role so hmm uh, I'm not quite sure this is right I can't quite remember exactly how you described it but the, I don't know. the proof is in the taste let's uh, let's have a look 
Ryder takes um, a sip from the glass. How is it? Is it bearable? Oh, it's perfectly drinkable. She's still a skilled bartender, so she's made you something that tastes nice, rather than just like something that tastes hideous. But it's not correct. It's close, <laughs> but it's not correct. Also, I like to imagine that while this is all going on, Radar's just sitting in bed, just like twiddling his thumbs, like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's up to shenanigans again, I can sense it. Yeah, something's I swear not to God. right here. I swear to God, if she's up to no good now. <laughs> do, do the Tom and Jerry newspaper meme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there are no newspapers on this station. Oh, yeah. No they're just with a data pad. Data pad. Yeah, Red is going to take a sip of her Ackerton something. Mm-hmm. And sort of say, hmm, this is exquisite. Yeah, what's it? Um, have, have, have you, is this the first one you've made? Can't be. I'm not even sure it's the, the first one I've made, judging by... I'm pretty sure it's not correct, but uh, I gave it my best go. Yeah, Ryan is going to sort of like... I'm um, saying, hmm, yes, absolutely divine, wonderful. Um, no, I'm glad you like Well, I, I really do. Um, in fact, I must um, must give you a, a tip, and Ryder's going to leave um, ten Veskian rounds on the bar. Wow. You just paid a hundred credits for a single drink. It's a tip. Wow. Are you, are you sure? It's, it's only yeah, a, certainly. A, only a five-credit drink. Honestly, I've um, I've been to multiple bars in my line of work. Um, this is the uh, the nicest Ackerton sunset I've ever tasted. Thank you very much. The other Vesk... The one who made you the spritzer earlier, he's looking very jealous right now. <laughs> well, he can look jealous. This is for Cinder. Looking daggers at Cinder <laughs> as she uh, easily pockets the uh, ten Veskian rounds. Well, he should have made a better cocktail for me then. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's going to sort of like um, give, give a nice smile, look down over her glass and say, um, well, uh, I'm going to retire for the evening. I'll um, be back uh, in the hotel sometime this week. Um, hope to see you again. Well, I hope you have a lovely stay. Thank you very much. Have a nice evening. Mm. Yeah, okay. You've made a good impression with Cinder. Excellent. Right, going to head back to her room. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, you get to your room. You're not even drunk. Nope. <laughs> Radar is snoring. Or is he? <laughs> would Radar yeah. have gone to bed by this point? It's probably like late evening, 11 o'clock. You underestimate Radar's ability to also be able to sleep for 16 hours a day. Yes, Ryder's kind of um, happy with how that engagement went, um, trying to use her new persona to uh, wipe the slate clean with for her zero charisma. Yep, turns out you can buy charisma. You can. You just need to you change need your to, identity. You just need to completely reshape <laughs> your identity and be rich. Ta-da! Well, no, she's going to like finish her drink off, uh, lie on the giant bed, uh, watch the news, see if there's any news on at this time. Uh, there's rolling news here. There's a 24-7 okay. news channel. So at the start of the hour, there's the, the headlines and there's still like discussion about the, the ongoing investigation into the the Vestgate attack. Uh, other discussions, so like general best finance and news, stuff like that. Boring Vestgate news. There's no real additional information about the uh, attack on uh, Vestgate. Boring Vesk news. <laughs> yep. Tonight on the Vesk news, war. War and more war. Yep, and then there's a there's a talk show about whether or not compulsory vest military service should be abolished or not. There's one person for it, the rest of the party against. Well, at that point, I think Ryder would probably be bored to, to sleep by watching <laughs> the news. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. 
it's a new life for me and I'm feeling good. It's the next day. Right. Radar gets up. Has mm -hmm. a shower. Yep. Goes downstairs and gets breakfast. Yep, right up will do. Right, probably get it ordered up to a room again. Uh, have a shower, of course, get up. Um, not in that order. Um, yeah, well, no, you are a Yosaki and an otter, so. True. <laughs> yeah, she'll probably order some kippers up to her room. Yep, on uh, toast. Have those. And then when she's all done and washed and ready, she'll come down in her suit, looking like a million bucks, with a briefcase, and meet up with Radar in the lobby. Did you only bring one suit, or you've got a different ensemble for different occasions? Probably a different ensemble, like a selection Ooh. of waistcoats and... Um, so how does this one look? <laughs> uh, this will be... Uh, it'll have a kind of uh, iridescent quality to it on the waistcoat, so she looks like a, like a beetle in the sunlight when she turns the right way. But it's just like jet black most of the time. Okay, but it's just the waistcoat that does that? Just the waistcoat that does that. The smart shiny shoes, uh, some red gradiented shades this time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's her ensemble for today. Okay, and Radar, are you, have you just bought like a, a collection of five entirely black suits? Only has one suit. Oh, just oh, no. one <laughs> one entirely black suit. Yeah, he's not purchased any suits at any other time. So it's the black <laughs> suit with the, the black shirt and, and black tie. Mm -hmm. Yep, you Need still to... look menacing. You maintain your five intimidation points. Need to take yeah. this boy shopping. <laughs> what is your plan for the day, aside from breakfast, which you've now got? Well, I was going to discuss that with um, Radar at some point, but we should probably do that someplace like secret. Let's go back to your room. All right, then. Yep. You had breakfast? Yeah, three helpings. <sighs> of course. How are you that thin? I don't know, but they run out of oatmeal. Do you know how hard it is to get oatmeal on a space station? Incredibly. Oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> it's good porridge. So, yeah, we'll get back to um, Radar's room. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, that was the tricky part done, in my opinion. Now for the very tricky part. Yeah. I'm going to need to organise a meeting between my alter ego and somebody in the manufacturing district. We've got all of the kit we need now, though, so we, we have some cards to play around with. Mm-hmm. Not sure yeah. if we should get um, Corsa involved again. She's probably done enough for us already. So what is your plan? Because your first stage is going to involve ingratiating yourself, or at least making contact with someone in the procurement division. But do you know anyone in the, vo the drone procurement division? No, um, but Corsa might. So I'm wondering if maybe we should go and meet up with her in the Department of Mind, or if she's done enough for, already. Done enough for us already. I think we're risking an asset doing that. <laughs> yeah, she's V's sister-in-law. She's more than an asset. Yeah, that too, then. So that's <sighs> double reason not to include them. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to have a look for um, ways in, contacts within the uh, manufacturing district, the forge. Yep, you have Holonet access while you're in here. Is there a, a terminal or something in a room? Yep, next to your TV. There's essentially a data pad hookup. So you, okay. you can insert a data pad and gain access with the appropriate credentials mm -hmm. to either the civilian holonet or maybe more. 
the Dark Hollow Net. Imagine. Yeah, Rhoda's going to have a look and see if she can gain access to some kind of military-grade access from her hotel room. <laughs> yep, so you, you connect up your uh, data pad to the dock on your table. Yep. It brings up the civilian hollow net, but it also brings up a tab asking you to present credentials. At that point, uh, Rod is going to scan in her black card for Camilla yep. Fontaine. Yep, and it brings up the login, username thing. I'm guessing you enter them, which you remember from earlier. Yep. And yes, you now have access to the deeper levels of the Vesk Net. In particular, <laughs> you have at least superficial access to several of the uh, Vesk departments. Oh, interesting. Including the Department of Forge, which covers weapons, invention, development, engineering, things like that. Department of Sight, which is ostensibly where you work, which is uh, the Intel and Spycraft team. And uh, the Department of Mind is in the analytics and record keeping division. The Department of Sight. Okay, so what Rhoda's going to do, she's going to log into the Department of Sight, mm. and she's going to have a look for someone that would deal with double agents working for the Vesk Empire. Someone who who could plausibly not know entirely who she is, but know that she is a, a double agent. Pretty much anyone that looks you up will assume you're a double agent based on your credentials. Okay. But yeah, what she wants to do is put in a request um, to be given access to um, a crate full of drones, essentially, and then go down and say, hey, I've got clearance. Um, here it is. Give me the drones. Let my engineer activate them, and then we'll be on our way. Uh, give me an intelligence roll. Sure. Intel plus two. That's a nat 20 plus two. That's very good. Mm-hmm. The main thing you'll remember from that plan is that only a Vesk is supposed to be able to arm drones. So if you turn up with radar and be like, he's just going to activate them for me, they were like, what? Well, no, what we're going to do is like put them to sleep once they're activated, but they will still be activated. That's what I'm hoping um, okay. uh, if, Fly if, Guy if, will be able to do with the, if, uh, with the help of, of radar. If you overtly say that uh, radar will be activating them, it will arouse suspicion. Okay, well, we'll say we're going to inspect them before um, before taking off to make sure they're uh, they're right for the job, sort of thing. Why don't we just buy them inert and then activate them off of the Conqueror's Forge? You have to activate them within the Forge, otherwise they don't work. That's correct. Uh... That was my understanding. The situation you have now is that you could take a whole crate of drones from the Conqueror's Forge but if they haven't been activated by a Vesk or someone with Vesk-like abilities while still docked at the forge, then mm. they're, they're useless, they're paperweights. But neither myself or Radar are Vesk, so us going to inspect them wouldn't arouse suspicion, hey, they're going to activate them whilst they're still in Conqueror's Forge. But they'll be able to tell when they're activated, surely. Do they? Give me a computer's roll in. <laughs> Either of you. 28. 28. Oh, That's pretty good. Yes, if you were to activate them while on the station, while they were docked, which is the only place you can activate them, it would be noticed because they're still docked. So someone somewhere would likely see drones X to Z active. <laughs> Can't we just steal them inert off of the thing, unactivated, and then V and Radar try and figure out how to activate them off the Conqueror's Forge? 
I guess, but if they don't work, then they're useless and we can't sell them. And this entire thing was in vain. Well, no, because we've got V back into into the well, Viscarian. Yeah, but it's not a total mission success, and I'd like it to be a total mission success. We can find other drones elsewhere if we need to. I guess. Are you that anxious to get out of here? I'm actually having fun. I'm not anxious to get out of here. I'm just saying, like, if the mission does succeed, we don't need to risk anything. We've got a win. I know. We've gotten this far, though. Are you familiar with reach goals? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we buy them, we can ask for them to be activated. Mm. Yeah. Aha. Who came up with this genius plan? <laughs> it, says, it says here that it was Ryder Maxim. I've never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> My god, it's so fucking obvious. I love how you just spent ten, like, ten minutes trying to circumvent your own plan. I think he's finally cracked. <laughs> I just mm. buy the fuckers. I just ask them to turn the one. Oh man! Yeah. Yeah. You, you you see why I like sneaky otter shit now? It's fun. It's, 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 you can just ask to, them to turn them on. We don't have to do sneaky otter shit now. We've got the funds to just buy them. Yes, because we did sneaky otter shit. Uh, You're yeah, getting right. it now. Let's do that. Yeah, fuck it. I'm fine. I'm confident. We don't even have to lie anymore. Let's just buy them. Yes. There you go. Simple. Uh, Are you okay now? You're crying. Uh, I'm fine. I've got some of the fur dye in my eyes. Right. I... <laughs> anyway, looking through uh, the Holonet, you can see that there is, in fact, client liaison from the Department of Forge who does deal in drone development and procurement. Okay. So that might be a good place to start. Yeah. Can I uh, get their contact details and where they will be and um, what office they will be in this time of day? So, give me a computer... Oh, no, fuck it, just read it. It's, uh... <laughs> I'm not giving you a computer's role to... You've already done one to, to browse the holonet, so... To read yeah. the screen, yeah. Yep, uh, you can see that, in fact, there is a client relation. It's a Dr. Kizashi, who is the head of drone development, procurement, and client liaison at the Department of Forge. So, there's uh, contact details below that. There's a holonet address uh, number. Okay, um, at that point, I will... Get out my data pad and call them up. It, it rings through and then uh, brings you through to their receptionist. Department of Forge, office of Dr. Kazashi. How can I help? Hi there, this is Fontaine. I would like to procure some um, products, please. What kind of products are you interested in purchasing from us today, please? High-level military drones with a uh, VESC weapon signature, if possible. Very good. I can send you through the latest brochure with available models, if that can interest you. Or... This is quite urgent. I can arrange an in-person meeting if you'd like. I believe there is a technical demonstration occurring later that day if you'd like to attend. That would be fine. Um, if I could book a meeting with uh, Dr. Kazashi at some point. Hold, please. And then it puts on some hold music. It's very ominous. <laughs> then... Ominous and vest hold music. Yeah. And then uh, after, like, I mean, so it's like, hello? Hello there. Is that uh, Kazashi? No, sorry, it's the receptionist. But uh, I can see that uh, Dr. Kazashi has an available appointment slot later today, if you're interested. If you are free at uh, 6 this afternoon. One moment, please. Rowe puts a hand over the data pad for <laughs> five seconds. Uh -huh. Incredibly furry hold music. Yep. Um, <laughs> holds up. Quick radar, hold, hum something. 
<laughs> Ryder holds the uh, the number six with her uh, with her digits on her hands and, and nods to Radar. Right. She'll get back on the um, phone, put it up against her face, forget it's on speaker, and get blasted back by the, uh, the sound coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, give me a um, reflex roll. <laughs> that's a one. Oh, you dropped the data pad. <laughs> ah. yep. Sorry about that. I uh, got bumped into... Um, yeah, she picks it back up. H- hello? Hello. Yeah, sorry about that. Somebody just uh, bumped into me. Uh, yes, uh, meeting at six will be fine. I'll um, I'll meet Dr. Kazashi then. That's uh, that's in the calendar. We look forward to meeting you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep, she hangs up. Grats, you've arranged a meeting for six o'clock at uh, the bottom of the forge. And, and that's today, yeah? And that's today, yeah. And if you check the ever-increasing map on your data pad, you also notice that uh, directions for uh, how to get to the Department of Forge and an outline plan for that area of Conqueror's Forge are now appearing on your data pad as well. It's not a full Excellent. map of the full part of that facility, but it's enough to get you there and it tells you what tube lines to take. Well, that's okay. neat. Yeah. yeah, well, we have to avoid two guards in particular now. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we can we can probably get there for six. What time is it now? Uh, the amount of faff you lot have been up to, it's probably one at this point. Only one, so we've got like five you've hours. Got, you've got a bit of prep time to figure out a game plan. Okay. We're just going to go and buy some drones. It's simple. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, how long does it take to get to the Department of Forge? Right, I'm just going to check on the data pad. So checking on your data pad, you can see that it's on the far side of the forge. So it's probably about a 25-minute uh, journey. So you go through like the network that you need to go to get all several kilometers from one end of the station to the other. All right. Like, I don't know, is there a swimming pool here? There is. Oh, yeah, there's a pool. We can go swimming if you want. Yeah, let's I do that. I think you're into that sort of thing. I thought you sunk. I, <laughs> I have a natural buoyancy level. It's just somewhere above my eye. All right, yeah, let's, let's go swimming then. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair, the fur dye is not going to be coming out anytime soon. Oh, no, you're going to be like that for a good solid you like, hope. several months. Yeah. We're going to get in the you pool just and just the... immediately just bloop. <laughs> yeah, there's like an oil slick on top of the pool. Yeah. Let's go have a lovely swim. Let's do it. Yep, I'm keen. Then. I get to swim often. All right. Be a side of you I haven't seen, literally. So this, the swimming pool, it's the same one you went to before. It's only a short distance away, so it doesn't take long to get there. Yeah, Ryder brings a bikini, little otter bikini. Radar's got some Hawaiian swim shorts. Of course he has. Early afternoon at this point, so... Oh, and Radar set a, good... a timer, so we've got plenty of time. Yeah. You're good. You've got a good few hours of swim time, so... Yeah, you have the swim pool mostly to yourself. Most people are at work or sort of doing stuff, so... Is there a diving board? Yeah, there is. It's, it's a swim pool that's set over a couple of levels, and there's sort of waterfalls between each level and diving boards, and there's, oh, cool. uh, there's an anti-grav bit... Uh, with a water slide and all that good stuff. So, it's plenty oh, so amusing. I mean, if Ryder goes down the water slide, she's going to be travelling at the speed of a bullet. So that's probably <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah, fully hydrodynamic. Takes out a small child at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a sonic boom at the end. Yeah. And she hits the water. All the glass in the surrounding buildings just shatters. Yep. And then she's dead, and that's the end of her. We never see her again. <laughs> Yeah, she won't go down the water slide. Um, she, she will jump off the top diving board, though. She'll sort of wave down to radar. Hey! Hey, radar! Yo! Check this out. 
radar watch. And she'll do a multi-stage acrobatic flip and land in the water. Roll your acrobatics. Hopefully. Rolling. Splush. Ugh. Five plus nineteen. Okay, twenty-four. Yeah, that's a solid flip. You don't belly flop, and your swimsuit doesn't come off. Yes. <laughs> good work. Good swimming. Good, good. All right. Hey, that looks really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You should have a go. Yeah, all right. Radar's gonna gonna climb up. He wanders out onto the um, the board. Sort of looks down, looks left. He's not wobbling or anything. He's just kind of stood there. It's like, right, what do I do now? Just jump off. Okay. Put your arms out. Do a flip! <laughs> Gun radar, give me your acrobatics roll. Uh, that is that is 14 plus 5, 19. Ooh, 19. Nice. Yeah, it's it's not like the... It's a cannonball. It's the, yeah, it's not the dexterity and grace of a, a falling Isoki. He's just as but, dexterous as Ryder. <laughs> but bigger. Yeah, but much ganglier. Yeah. But yeah, you don't belly flop. You perform a perfectly graceful dive into the water. And yeah, yeah you, you don't drown, so good luck. Swims Yeah, that was nice. great. Yeah, you see? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna try flip. Radar climbs up again. Oh uh, okay. Be careful. Don't lose your arm. I'll be fine. Acrobat. Alright. Alright. He stands up, sticks his arms out either side, brings them to a point above his head, mm. bends his knees, rolls into it, leaps off of the bar and gets 17. <laughs> it's a bit wobbly, but again, you, you don't belly flop still. Just, uh, you create a big splash, for sure, though, when you hit the wall. You right? Yeah! Yeah! Stuck the landing on that one. Yeah. It doesn't just float up, just, like, <laughs> facing down. Just, just yeah. the death music plays. Dun, dun. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> retry question mark. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out Atlantic guards couldn't kill him, being given drugs, being shot with things. Nope, just diving off of a fucking diving board is what murdered the Yodi. Just belly flops, yeah. Fred is going to have a look at the uh, the waterfall and sort of say, um, "Hey, radar, but you can't do this." And she's going to like go down the waterfall, like do a flip over the back of it. Oh, with, with a 19 plus 19. Uh, yeah, it's flawless. Uh, yeah. I get a feeling that maybe uh, the, the, the Otto Yusoki isn't going to fail many of these. She's kind of in her environment here, so... <laughs> no. In her element. However, Radar's going to give it a go. Go off. Yeah. Right. I'm going to try. She climbs up to where the waterfall is. Well, I mean, jumps says kind of on the level, the waterfall goes down. Oh, I thought I thought there was a waterfall like and we were in the bottom of it, and then like you had to climb up a thing to go. Or is it like uh, a, you're like basically a... climbing up to the next level of pool, and then there's a waterfall from that pool down to the one below? Right. Yeah, I pictured, it like a, I pictured it like an Escher swimming pool where it's it's all like um, got localized gravity pockets and uh, there's waterfalls yes. going up and down. And yeah, that could be cool. It's a yeah. pretty good way of describing <laughs> it. Yeah. All right. Well, Radar's going to get into the pool with the waterfall on it, whichever one. Stand at the back, push himself off the wall, get as much velocity as possible. Gosh. <laughs> We're going to keep doing this until one of us gets seriously injured, aren't we? And it's going to be radar. It's going to be radar. <laughs> oh, yeah, and with his acrobatics as well, that's a total of seven. Oh. 
So, much like a Warner Brothers cartoon, uh, he shoots out into midair, hovers <laughs> for a minute, and then plummets. <laughs> uh, yeah. With a roll of seven, you're lucky you don't miss the pool. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you definitely belly flop hard. Boom! Is there like an audible clap that can be heard around the entire Conqueror's Forge? Yeah, there is the full-on... Echoes. You just The camera does jump back, like zooming out of Conqueror's Forge, you can still hear the echo. Yeah. We cut to that um, that mercenary vest from earlier who just hears it distantly. It was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, old Captain Psyker. Yeah, yeah. Captain, Captain Psyker in his spaceship on the far side of the uh, yeah. vest. Reading a newspaper. Yeah, reading a newspaper. Like, What's that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a yowl of yoke pain and uh, minus no, there is, two. There is, there is no yowl. Damage. Ooh. Two damage, yeah. 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 Oh, and a, forever, right a forever reddened belly. Oh, no. are you all right? Radar floats to the surface, face down. Brother's <laughs> <laughs> gonna like um, swim under him and rotate him the right way round. No, the, the best <laughs> lifeguard's getting involved. No, oh no. shit! Radar's <laughs> fine. Okay, well it's too late. She's dragging out the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Radar is going to feign being unconscious. <laughs> oh my ankle! Yeah. <laughs> yep, she's gonna check to make sure you're still breathing and alive. And first of all, she checks the the cyber side, like, mm, and checks the fleshy side, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Rod is gonna be like climbing out and standing over you as this um this lifeguard like tends to to you. <laughs> Gently deposits him on one of the sun lounges. So, so maybe maybe don't try that one next time. Yeah, sorry about uh, that. He's he's new to the old swimming thing. I had fun. Well, that's 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 good. And she's gone back to her perch now. So. <laughs> she's gone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not dead, so he'll live. Yeah. He's <sighs> definitely got like the cartoon swirly eye thing going on, though. Hmm. All right. Well, but, are you going to be okay for you know the rest of today, as long as nobody oh, yeah. like, smacks you in the belly? I'll be fine. I wouldn't have risked it if there were, if it was going to you know stop what we were doing. Radar's poking it at this point. <laughs> it's very sore. You were very close to falling completely out of the pool and into, well, it looks over the edge. The <laughs> laundry district. That's a whole district? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, then I'd have had a soft landing, <laughs> wouldn't I? Mm. Well, not if you land on the roof. No, because they launder mostly armour. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, a spiky landing. That is a surprising amount of polymer down there. Yeah, no, that was that was lucky. Maybe maybe don't um, maybe don't do that. Yeah. By all means, swim and go off the diving board. Though. That was cool. I don't know. I, I was going for velocity. I nearly mm. achieved it. I saw. Really did very well. Mm. Your data pad is beeping. Oh, and that's time. Wait, I picked up the data pad. Is it is it the time alarm? Yeah, it's the time alarm. Yeah. Right. Turn okay. Wash, dry up, and get the yeah, right all. Wash her hair, um, get some other cl chlorine. I imagine there's a lot of chlorine in a best swimming pool. Yeah, they don't yes. really have hair, so... Yeah. But they have skin. Mm. Yeah, they have scales. Yeah, just flecks of scales floating at the bottom yeah. of the pool, like lost coins. Grim. <laughs> but yeah, she'll um, oh, get, herself, <laughs> get herself washed up and reclothed, and yeah, meet up with Radar for... Part four. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you you you're back in your smart business attire. Yep. With your your briefcase with a clam in it and 
<laughs> Dead fish and some paper, yeah. You have directions to the Department of Forge. How are you going to get there? Probably go back to the metro station that's closest to the hotel, not the one that we went through uh, first time, just in case those guards are, like, working there again. Mm-hmm. They try and stop Radar and myself again. So you've played this game before? Yes. I, yeah. I, I genuinely have. <clears throat> <clears throat> but yes, uh, yeah, so you, you choose a different metro station. It takes you an extra couple of minutes to walk there, but it's fine. You're still easily going to be on time. Okay. Your, your passes, again, they allow you to uh, to enter the tube station with no issue whatsoever. Okay. Does anyone uh, spot us at the uh, the guard station, or is it quite crowded and no one spots us? So you're getting towards the end of a workday, so it's fairly busy. Uh, one of the guards ah. just flat out doesn't even look up as you, you two scan in. The other one also doesn't look up as you scan in. Uh, Great. Yeah, nobody's really paying attention to you. You're, you're black cards, so... Yeah. yeah. You look like you belong, at least. Good. And yeah, um, is going to like look over her shoulder at Radar and smile at how much easier that was now that they're, they've got black level clearance. Radar's going to nod in acknowledgement of this. Mm. And yeah, they're going to get on a train bound for the Forge District. Yep, Department of Forge. It's, uh, it's the far side of the Conquest Forge, so it's going to take you like some time to get there. But you arrive at the Department of Forge. Okay. Unlike most of the other districts, this one takes up an entire hub of Conquest Forge. Okay. So it not only extends all the way around the outside of the structure, but it goes all the way into the centre, just as one district, and back probably about the end third of this space station. Cool. It's probably the single largest section of Conquest Forge, and even just from the tube station, you can see that there is all sorts of different manufacturing going on. The ships that you saw being built as they passed through the axis of the station, uh, this is where they all originate. So you've got massive cranes moving base components for spaceships into position and robot arms welding them together. So this is the beating heart of the Vesk War Machine. Literally the beating heart of the best war machine. Awesome. You can see as well that from the uh, exit way, you've got different signposts that lead you to different areas. So you've got uh, spaceships, weapons, drones, uh, equipment, all the all the, these different manufacturing arms. And uh, for each one of them, there's a there's a separate uh, track for you to follow on the ground that will lead you to that particular area. Oh, nice. It's like uh, Black Mesa sort of thing. <laughs> it's very much like Black Mesa. And, yeah, you have a, a meeting arranged with uh, Dr. Kazashi for maybe half an hour or so, and by the looks of things, you've got a bit of a walk to get to their office or their section. Hmm. Is there a, um, a localised form of transport here, or is it just all on foot? It's mostly on foot within here. Some people have got those little, like... Uh, Gold cart style. Oh, okay. No, they're not on segway. <laughs> tell you what, give me a perception. Okay. Are we going to get e-scooters into? No, into both of us or just rider. Are you looking out for a form of transport as well? I think Radar's just looking around in general. Mm. Uh, I got a twelve plus fifteen, so twenty-seven. There's a couple of guards standing by at one of the areas with a couple of those carts, just. Uh, as you're watching, uh, one of the, the vests who gets off the train just gets onto one of the carts, assigned to one of the guards, and the cart drives off with them. 
Okay, it? so maybe you don't have to walk. Okay, at this point, uh, Ryder's going to like give a, a nod to uh, to Radar and then nod over to one of the unoccupied carts with the best guard standing by it. Radar is going to sort of do like the hand gesture to sort of like lead on. Okay, Ryder's going to walk up to the uh, the best guard standing by one of the empty carts. Yep, if they look up now, it's like credentials, please. I was going to um, not say a word, just look off to one side and sort of like show off her, her black black card. Ah, very good. Where would you like to go, Mel? Uh, Dr. Kazashi's office, please. Very Got good. Appointment. And uh, are they with you, or just you to radar? Yes, personal bodyguard. Very good. And yeah, um, without any further discussion, they, uh, they immediately launch off this cart and uh, take you towards the office. So on the way you can see as well that uh, as you're moving deeper into the Partner Forge there's uh, testing and training rooms, there's uh, simulation rooms, giant uh, server farms as well just for running simulations and models. There's what looks like some kind of training battle arena which is almost like a, a simulated like part of a city but entirely built up of metal test plates. Like, uh, if you imagine the ones where they've got like uh, calibration markings on them to allow uh, for like video capture and analysis. Okay, so it's like a combat range simulation. Like that, like a combat range come like simulated city come testing facility. Urban okay. warfare testing. Yeah. Are there any are there any Vesk scientists wearing ridiculous ties? No, Vesk don't wear ties. You should know that. <laughs> yeah, so after a few minutes of driving, you arrive at a section which is sort of sealed behind a pair of large blast doors and painted across them in large letters are subsection 7B, drone development. And then uh, the guard swipes his own clearance card up to the doors and then they begin to open a couple of meters, not all the way, but just large, just enough for the cart to drive inside. Okay, right She's she's perched on the uh, passenger seat with her suitcase, like just on her lap, looking mm -hmm. quite um, quite prim and proper. Yeah, radar's sat next to her, I guess. Well, yeah. if it's a golf cart, you'll either be like in the back with her, or um, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's a I would say it's about the size of a golf cart, but it's got like uh, like rows of seating. It could carry like six or seven people or two. Oh, okay. Well, at least we didn't have to walk here. That's fine. Yeah. So this part of the Conquest Forge as well, if you imagine, it's like uh, several levels of workshops, some are double height, hangers, some are double height, triple height even, and then to the side of that there's like an office complex that's uh, four or five stories tall built into the side of this part of it. It's all entirely enclosed so you can't see the outside. Okay, is there a reception area? There is. So if you enter the main building at the ground level, you can see there is a reception with Anvesk. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, Ryder's going to hop off the golf cart, give a nod to the uh, security guard driver person. And yeah, she's going to trot up to the um, the reception desk. It's the same reception as you heard on the phone earlier. They, uh, they greet you and say, good afternoon, how can I help? Afternoon, got an appointment with uh, Dr. Kazashi at six. Ah, you must be uh, Camilla Fontaine? That's correct. Very good. Please enter your credentials to the pad on the desk, please. Yep, she does that silently. And you, sir? Uh, Edward Voss. Very good. Bodyguard. Hands over his card. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. And then I guess you type your card as well. Yep. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Kasash should be down to meet you shortly. Can I offer you a cup of tea or drink? 
Um, I'm, I'm okay, thank you. Loss, you want anything? No, thank you, ma'am. I'm fine. Very good. <laughs> and she returns to doing secretary stuff. And then a couple of minutes later, there is a, uh, a ding as the elevator at the far end of the reception reached the ground floor. And then emerging from it, there is a new Vesk, one you haven't seen before. They are uh, medium buildish. They're smaller than V, like green to dark green scales mostly, uh, slight purple highlights around her eyes. She's got three feathers of some kind that are tucked behind one of her head spikes, almost on a chain of some sort. And then beyond that, she's wearing a smart, formal attire, but with no jacket or blazer. And it looks like she's just folded up a lab coat and tossed it uh, into a dispensary of some kind by the exit. She strides up to you and uh, offers out a hand. Good evening. I am Dr. Vilias Kazashi. You must be uh, Camilla Fontaine. Well met. Uh, Rhoda hops out of her chair and offers up her hand and uh, shakes it. Just yep. to get up on her tiptoes a bit. And uh, Edward Voss? She offers a hand to you, Rhoda. Indeed, ma'am. Uh, he leans in and shakes it. And uh, I understand that you are interested in procurement of drone technology. Yes, that's correct. I would like to discuss this in uh, private, if possible. Come up to my office, please, and we can talk about it. As we go up to um, Kazashi's office, can Rhoda, like, can I roll something to make like a mental note for the layout of the building in case we need to get out of here in a hurry? Yeah, that would be... <laughs> Uh, an intelligence role, probably. Okay, but don't let me know if I've succeeded it until um, oh. the shit hits the fan. <laughs> okay, that is a 16 on the dice plus my intel of 2. So 18 overall. I'm going to make a note of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, as, you're, as you're going up, the glass-fronted elevator sort of gives you a view of each of the levels as you're going up. So you can see that there's uh, there's scores and scores of offices, design bureaus, uh, like smaller test areas. Uh, but the main area of the complex, the, the giant hangars, you can't really see into. You're mainly just getting like a front view. But uh, eventually it reaches up to the top floor. Uh, the doors open up. And it looks like you've entered a private lobby of some sort. There's uh, a couple of other groups that are waiting around in this sort of upper reception area. You can see there's uh, a group what looks like uh, four or five uh, Kasatha, a second group who are sort of sitting around separately that looks like a couple of humans and also a couple of Shiran and uh, three androids as well. Oh, cool. Who, uh, who, all, who all seem to be one party. And uh, they look to the elevator as Dr. Kazashi sort of steps out and it's like, ah, good afternoon to you all. I'm pleased to announce that the technical demonstration will be continuing shortly. I just have a small matter to attend to you. If you can uh, give me a moment, please. Thank you. Ooh. And then they sort of nod to her and go back to their discussions. She takes you through to her office, which is sort of down at the far end. It's a large, spacious executive lounge with uh, a large sort of hollow projector in the centre. It's not currently right. switched on, but uh, she gestures for you to enter and, and sits down at the far end of her desk. Okay. Yeah, Ryder sort of steps inside and um, sort of stands in the centre of the room, officially, looking official. Ryder <laughs> stands behind and slightly off to one side with his briefcase <laughs> across his nice. face. With his, with his wrist, his other hand holding his wrist. Nice. <laughs> Very good, Miss Fontaine. Do you know what kind of drones you're interested in procuring today? We can run you through the latest uh, technical specs for our new models or 
Are you after a continuation of existing order? Certainly. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with the kind of work I do, but I'm interested in purchasing some mission-critical assets for usage off-world, military-grade if possible. Uh, you see her tap at her computer briefly and it's like, Quentin ah, undercover agent. Very good. We can discuss some of the latest stealth drones that have been under development. Do you know roughly uh, what quantity of order you'll be looking to purchase? Jim, real quick, how many drones did we need to get to uh, to Al? Memory roll, actually. I'm convinced it was five, and I ran that session. Fifteen overall for intelligence. Uh, yeah, for fifteen for intel, you know that it's uh, between two and five. You reckon? Hmm. I'm just going to say um, again. I can't say much about the nature of my work, but this is to convince certain members of the, shall we say, the Ackerton Reach Consortium that we are looking to curry favour with. So, if possible, a sampling size of your um, finest stealth drones should be more than sufficient. Yeah, a demonstration team. Uh, stealth drones only. She's taking notes on uh, her pad as well. So, mm -hmm. we could suggest perhaps a, a purchase of five drones. Uh, varying specifications, good to uh, demonstrate the full range of technical abilities available. That would be more than, um, more than sufficient, yes. If you could um, arrange a demonstration of the drones, um, just to check that everything is functional and correct for what we need, that would be perfect. Yes, um, you've timed this quite well, actually. I'm pleased to announce that there is going to be a technical demonstration planned for... Uh, she checks her watch. Uh, about half an hour from now. It's uh, a wide-ranging demonstration of the latest of both our stealth, our heavy, and our uh, flight drones. Fred is going to look up to um, to Edward Voss at this point, sort of poignantly, and then look back to her, um, to Dr. Zashi, and nod once. Uh, oh, when you look at uh, Edward Voss, he looks at you and nods. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> you get it now. Good. You get it now. Give, give, uh, give me a bluff, the pair of you, to look like. Oh, you shit. <laughs> I can do this. Uh, I can. 29. Nice. Uh, yeah, your bluff. nod is most convincing. Bluff is 18 plus 15. You don't arouse any suspicion against her. You just seem like uh, standard <laughs> clients for the Department Good. of Watch, so it's not very usual that she has to deal with Rocky. Uh, <coughs> mm. But, I mean, you're playing the part and you're playing it well, so she's got no reason to suspect that there's anything other than on the level. Yes. So, so like, like I said, it'll be about another 25 minutes until the demonstration is ready. And she offers you as well a, a dossier that's got, uh, within it, specifications for the various types of drones. And she's like, if you'd like to browse through this and perhaps begin specification for the exact type of drones that you're after, then when the demonstration is complete, we can discuss payment and begin the manufacturing process. Mm, yes, yes, that would be good. Uh, don't worry about the payments. We can organize that. I've got someone from the Department of Sight who has given me clearance. Will these drones be activated perchance, or is that something we'll have to do elsewhere? Yeah, uh, as you're aware, uh, all drone manufacturing will be, for the scales you're looking at, no more than a couple of hours. In terms of activation, uh, the activation process will be completed once uh, purchase order has been successfully cleared and our due diligence is complete, but that shouldn't take longer than an hour or so, assuming that no issues arise. Uh, it certainly will be, yes. Very good. 
And she makes a further note on her pad. Excellent. Okay. Would you like some time to consider the specification? Or would you prefer to wait until after the technical demonstration? Let's, um, yes. I, I think we'll have a look at the um, the brochure just to see what, uh, what's being offered at the moment. Would you like some time amongst yourselves to discuss? Uh, certainly. Should we wait in the uh, in the lobby or wherever you choose? I can offer you a private meeting space if you would like to discuss it in confidence or otherwise uh, I can arrange for drinks to be sent to the lobby. Private meeting space would be uh, just fine. Excellent. Uh, if you uh, leave my office and then head two doors down to the right, you'll find there's a private meeting space where you'll be given some time for consideration. Thank you very much, Dr. Kazashi. I know you're on a tight schedule. She, uh, she gives you a little bow. It's like, I will let you know once the technical demonstration is ready to begin. Herda clicks her heels together and um, heads out of the room. Yep. Radar bows politely, pivots on his heel and marches in. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, so yep, two doors down, you find that there is a, uh, a private meeting space. It's not a, a massive area. It's maybe just sort of seven or so chairs around a circular desk with uh, like a couple of glasses of water, a data pad dock, and uh, a couple of glasses of water. That's about it, really. But you've got your dossier, and yeah, within it, it contains complete technical specifications for like the entire range of drones that uh, the Conqueror's Forge can manufacture. And specifically, are you looking at uh, stealth drones? Yeah, stealth drones and ones that look super valuable. <laughs> We're looking uh, to uh, get the, the cream of the crop here from the Vesk Empire and their worst possible killing machines. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a Vesk, I'm required to tell you that they're all super valuable. Of course. Because the Vesk don't make cheap <laughs> shit. <laughs> We're not the Aslanti Star Empire here. <laughs> the, the prices range as well from sort of like a thousand credits for a small starter unit per unit all the way up to... Uh, you could easily spend like 50 to 100,000 credits just on a single one of these extreme war drones. So We've got 100,000 credits in the uh, the fake bank account. Yep. Ryder's going to have a look for some, some nice Vesk killing machines that will sell for a nice lot of money. More than we need, in fact, because she's got plans for the rest of that money. Why don't we just take one of each? Why? So we, we're sampling. I mean, I guess, but then we don't get as much for our, our money. Well, they're all the same price, aren't they? Uh, the pricing structure varies more on capability than on type. So an extremely capable flying drone would be about the same price as an extremely capable sort of heavy drone. The difference would be in the abilities of it in particular. So, for example, a stealth drone will be better at skittering into somewhere, doing a lot of murder, and then disappearing, whereas a heavy drone will be the sort of thing you march down the street firing heavy rounds of buildings to yeah, dissuade like people from... Yeah. <laughs> to quell protesters. <laughs> and then a flying drone would be the sort of thing you use to drop like a, a Vesk operator from a height into a war zone equipped with power armour so they can start massacring people from behind enemy lines. Although I guess we are meant to be purchasing a sampling crate for Run for Ark, says um, Rudder to Radar, implying that they are still in character even though they're meant to be in a private room. So yeah, let's sample one Take of each then. Anything. Yeah. Okay, can we get one of each for um, a hundred thousand credits? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at uh, again, you can specify them pretty much up to any price. But 
For 25,000 credits per drone, you'll get a reasonably capable version of each type of main drone. Not as advanced as flyby, because I have an ego. Okay. But uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but not far off. You'd be looking at uh, 69,000 credits. Nice. Which would leave you 31,000. Okay, so 69,000 credits would get us one of each drone, which we could then sell. <clears throat> yeah. No, not sell. You have to give them to uh, Al. To Al, yeah. Actually, no, you have to give two of them to Al. You get one. You get to keep one of them. Cool. Well, we can sell that. And Roger's going to be using some of that money. <clears throat> Okay, so yeah, Ryder will pick um, three of them out. Give a nod to um, to Edward Voz. Yep. And uh, tuck the brochure into one of her pockets. Yep. And just as you're finalising your decision, there is a... at the door, and uh, shortly followed by uh, the door opening, and uh, Dr. Kazashi steps in and is like, Greetings, I hope I'm not disturbing you. No, no, we're, um, we're all done in here. Um, I think we've made our decision... Um, we're ready for the uh, the demonstration, if it's happening soon. The demonstration is just about to begin. Please follow me. And All she right. leads you back out down to the end of the hallway where you meet up with the other buying parties, the uh, the Kasafa and the uh, the group of uh, Shirin humans and androids. Oh, they're buyers. Okay, Ryder's going to um, mm -hmm. see if she can like get a good look at these people because this is the sort of shit she's interested in. Uh. So, give me a perception. Who are you after? The Kasatha and the Shirin, I think. Because Kasatha um, is part of the Pact Worlds, so she'll be interested to see what they, they want with um, Vesk military drones. So, that is a 13 plus 15 for perception. Yep, so... 28. <clears throat> you don't think that they're Kasathan diplomats or government officials. They're not there on behalf of the Kasathan homestead. Right. If you had to guess, the way they talk, their mannerisms, the way they're dressed. Uh, in fact, if you can supplement that with a culture role, you could probably guess a bit more about them. But from your initial perception, you don't reckon that this is the Kazathan government or actors on behalf of them. Okay, so maybe some kind of um, mafia or undercover agent for the Kasatha, but they're definitely not government-related. Okay. I mean, you've got a pretty decent culture ability, so put it to work. Uh, I rolled another 11 on the dice. 22. Okay. 22. You get a glimpse of uh, a series of rings that one of the Kasathans <laughs> is wearing on one of his hands. And you figure they're probably uh, in some way connected to underground activity. Right. Potentially, this is someone here making a, a buy for uh, defense of a criminal organization or... Something of that sort. Okay, they don't have like a white ladder on any of the rings, do they? <laughs> Give me a second perception roll. Sure. <laughs> That's uh, 18 plus 15. No, sadly not. No, okay. Not white ladder. Uh, and then uh, the second... The second group is a bit more unconventional. It's not made up of one species or... Anything like that. You've got there's some Shirin who are wearing smart formal clothes, but knowing actually radar. Can you give me a, uh, a perception roll as well? Sure, P is for perception. That's yeah. thirty nine. Woo. Uh, yep, thirty nine. You know what Kevlar weave into clothing looks like. 
Yeah. <laughs> Radar's going to sort of nudge uh, Ryder and quietly <clears throat> nod over at the armor plating that they're clearly wearing. Yeah. At first glance, it looks like they're just wearing standard business attire, but there's plating built into specific parts of their suits. The weave, it's uh, it doesn't flow quite like normal silk cloth. It's more like uh, it's been reinforced in some way. Yeah, Ryder's eyes are going to, like, her brows are going to go up slightly, but they're just about hidden behind her glasses that it's not that noticeable. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, is there anything oh, else you want to try and perceive before everyone moves off? Uh, no, she just wanted to, like, uh, get a, a read on the, the other people who were buying yeah. shady Vesk weaponry. <laughs> they're bad men. Bad people. Yeah. Oh, she leaves all of you at this point. Back to the elevator. The door opens, and yeah, inside it is the one Vesk. You know the one. Oh, oh, it's him. <laughs> is that Captain? No, big no. black, mean-looking. Oh, scars all over oh. his face. Oh, <laughs> him. Yes, from the central stack. Mm. Well, I mean, Ryder's seen him before, but has Radar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Radar was operating flyby. Oh, yeah, okay. She uh, extends a hand to him. This is Secretary Charnett, who will also be supervising the test on behalf of the Department of Sight. Yeah, he just nods gruffly. Ryder nods back. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Dr. Dr. Gazashi steps into the elevator. Uh, the rest of the group gets in, and then it begins descending. Secretary Charlotte has this very black mercenary desk. Yep, so this is... Uh, tell you what, you've been watching the news. Give me... Actually, you've both been watching the news. You can give me uh, yep. an int. Intelligence roll. Int. 20. Int is for intelligence. Very 20. Ugh. Um, six. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ryder's a little bit scared of this person, I think. Ryder has been watching the news, but not very closely. Radar... A couple of days ago, when you were in your room, you just happened to see an interview, and one of the people on the panel was Secretary Shernitz Azdraya, who you would know is the uh, Secretary of State for the Department of Sight, and therefore essentially the person that oversees all of the, uh, the military police activities, all the spycraft activities, the secret police, the regular police, all of that is under his remit. Nice. Oh no. And you're sharing an elevator with them. And we're now we're in the same elevator as them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's the last place they'd look. Right under their nose. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, funny you should say that. Right, uh, give me another perception roll very briefly. Sure. Very briefly. That is 17 plus 15. Yeah. At first glance, there's no reaction on his face, but looking very closely... He sniffs the air, his eyes narrow slightly, and that's all. I see. Ryder does not move and tries not to emit any more pheromones. <laughs> yeah, he's not a T-Rex and his vision isn't based on movement, he knows you're there. <laughs> Radar stretches a bit. But yeah, uh, he doesn't seem to, to react to it in any way, aside from that little eye narrow. But uh, yeah, he keeps looking forward, dead center, doesn't move. He can smell clams. 
Oh no! Single, it's the briefcase! <laughs> single drop of sweat soaks into her slick black oily fur. <laughs> yep, uh, so it brings you out at the ground floor level. There's a short walk across to one of the massive hangars, which then opens out to uh, very slightly to reveal another one of those golf cart style things. But this one's larger and vacuum sealed and can seat probably the entire consortium plus a few more if you needed to. Right. It's a minibus. It's a minibus. Uh, it's a minibus. All aboard the Vesk minibus. Uh, it has its own separate pilot as well, sorry, who activates the ship, it takes off, exits the uh, the pressurised area of Conquest Fortress here in airlock, takes you down through the outside, which is a lot faster than taking the tube, and then begins docking again at the section you went past earlier, the training area. You remember the the mock city that had been built up with uh, reference plates? Yeah. Yeah. Win. I'm about to watch a, a horrific demonstration of um, Vesk weaponry. <laughs> yes, you are. Wonderful. <laughs> Look forward to hearing this. Radar is trying not to have his tail wet. <laughs> Radar slaps it. The ship essentially docks to the outside of Conqueror's Forge. The airlock at the side opens up, and then it takes you out into another briefing slash meeting room. But this one has got a massive glass frontage that overlooks the entire of the uh, the small section of city they built up, right. uh, like the, uh, the the test area. And then, as you're waiting, uh, the door opens to the far end of the room, and three Vesk in military fatigues all sort of march in in Eisen. They stand by the window as well, and you can notice that each of them has got uh, a similar control unit to the one that V wears, but these are a lot sleeker, smaller. Newer. Yeah. I was going to say They're better newer. engineered, but V will... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as these three Vesk enter the room, they all turn in unison. To uh, face the window, and yeah, as they do so, they, a large blast compartment at the far end of the city opens up to reveal three separate drones. One of them is very spindly and wiry looking. It moves on three long, delicate legs. It doesn't appear to have any active <laughs> weaponry. <laughs> Ooh la! <laughs> it's a tripod. Yeah, it's a tripod. <laughs> it is a tripod. It's uh, a fucking tripod. It's I a tripod it. without a heat beam on it. <laughs> oh, that's ah, fine. Missed opportunity, but go on. Uh, <laughs> you say that. But... You should lean into <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I think it's got something worse. Yeah, the second one is a much heavier, more offensive type one. This one uh, it has got four shortish legs. This one's overtly armed as well. There's a, a series of two turrets facing forward, a third one facing back, a fourth one on top that uh, has 360-degree pivot. And you think potentially there might be a fifth one on it somewhere that uh, just emerges from underneath it. That's cool. <laughs> How big is this thing? So the stealth drone is maybe uh, like a metre tall at full extension. The, uh, That's the tripod, yeah? Yeah, the tripod. The heavy drone, that's a good, like, three or four metres tall. Oh, fucking hell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the third drone is a flight type. It's uh, it's a, a massive pair of engines, essentially, mounted in series. And then above them, 
There's there's a, a platform with rockets and uh, a machine gun by the looks of it. Again, this one's overtly armed compared to the stealth drone, which just almost looks like just a framework of machine. You're given a, a moment to get a good look at these drones. And then uh, Dr. Kazashi says, Ladies, gentlemen, others, we're pleased to announce that fourth technical demonstration will begin shortly. As she says that, at the far end of the room, a second door opens. And then from it emerge two Vesk soldiers, accompanied by nine other people who aren't all Vesk. Rhoda's going to reach into oh, her briefcase no. and get a data pad out at this point um, to look like she's taking notes, but also be utterly terrified realising what's about to happen to these people. What, what are these nine people dressed like, V? Well, uh, funny you should say that. Give me a perception. Both of us. Uh, yeah, both of you. 24. Uh, oh, God, I'm not getting good rolls tonight. Uh, 18. Okay. Uh, you don't get as good a roll because you're cowering behind a data pad. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Radar, you recognise immediately one of the Vesk that has just been marched out onto the stadium. Way back when you first went through customs, you remember there was a, uh, a, a sort of a skinny Vesk who was carrying a duffel bag of some sort who was dragged out. Oh, of the with, the, with the gun parts in it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's that same vesk. They've been sort of transformed into what looked like just standard jumpsuits, just like grey jumpsuits, which uh, everyone else there is wearing. There's also... Who else is there? It upsets me that you were referring to a list of named characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of humans. Uh, there's a single Sheeran on their own. Do any of them look like they've been captured from an Islanti attack vessel? You rolled a decent perception roll. You can see that a couple of them look like they've had the absolute shit beaten out of them. They're all looking pretty terrified. The the second soldier Vesk disappears back into the tunnel, returns a couple of seconds later with a box, opens it, and inside it there are nine what look like combat rifles, standard combat rifles. The box is left open. Both of the soldiers retreat back into the, the second set of blast doors and they're closed behind them. There is a loud klaxon. Right, his heart skips a fucking beat at that. <laughs> Two of the drones begin advancing on this this team, who are looking from confused to concerned to slowly working out what's going on. Oh God. Uh, one of them makes a grab for the rifles, grabs it, and immediately starts sprinting. The other ones slowly get the idea and start picking them up as well. Yeah. And then they sort of begin scattering into the buildings. <laughs> The third drone has disappeared entirely. The stealth one, yeah, the tripod. Ryder, you're you're normally good at this. Give me a perception. Yeah, she's going to like try and learn a few of the uh, the tricks of the trade. So. Radar's really good at detecting things. Can you try? Ooh, yeah, you can That's try as well. That's nineteen again, plus fifteen. I got the same number. <laughs> nineteen with fifteen. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. The way that the uh, the drone disappeared, you don't think that it's some kind of uh, ability like Ryder uses to just be imperceptible. You think this is active camouflage of some yeah. kind, in that it's actively reading its environment. It's gone chameleon. And mirroring it to the other side of its yeah. body, yeah. Because looking very carefully at the ground, you can almost see little spots in a line that are forming in like the, the panels on the ground, almost as if a very sharp point is being pressed into them one by one. Okay, so that's the giveaway for it. Um, Ryder's going to make a note of that. 
You notice that they're advancing towards the single Shirin who's holding the rifle. He's looking around worriedly, trying to work out what to do. And then he suddenly becomes two Shirin. Oh. There's no shot fired or anything like that. He just bifurcates. Suddenly becomes two pieces of Shirin. Yeah, straight down Switch the center. Right down the middle? What, yep. Like top to bottom? Oh, top to bottom, yeah. <laughs> Does Edward Voss make a little... <laughs> Edward Voss does not. Edward Voss blinks. Ty, out of character, goes. <laughs> In, internally, Radar's like. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the human that he was next to turns, like screams, and starts unloading this combat rifle. You can see the shots are, are flying into the air, but they just seem to hit a point ahead of him and then just stop and dissipate. Oh, it's got a shield. And then. <laughs> After a couple of shots, suddenly the shots are now continuing all the way to the far end and hitting the concrete at the uh, the end of this hangar. He stops firing after a second, looks around, and actually, let's see if he can. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he turns he turns around to the side, and then yeah, he takes two hits from a tank drone, which has flanked him. <laughs> And literally just shot him dead. High caliber projectiles or lasers? Oh, you figure it's some kind of projectile rather than an energy weapon. Yeah. Like but... a big shotgun. <laughs> like explodey rounds. Yeah. The rest of the survivors now, they suddenly start huddling together and making their way towards one of the buildings, trying doors, trying to get inside to cover of some kind. Rod is like maintaining complete silence, but she's watching this and her heart's just pounding. Yeah. <laughs> she hates this. <laughs> One of them uh, says something to the others, and then all of them start suddenly focusing the the firepower from their rifles onto a single point. And you can you can see the the crackles and flashes again, as if something's impacting a shield. Doctor Villiers taps on her data pad, and the the window you're looking through also brings up an infrared view. Right. And then from that, it's now more apparent that uh, what they're actually shooting at, it looks like, is the heat signature of the stealth drone, which it looks like one of them, at least, has the ability to discern. And it looks like they're taking some hits onto it as well. It doesn't look like it's taking much in terms of damage, but they're definitely hitting onto it, you reckon. Dr. Kazashi says, As you can see, the latest ablative armour that we've designed for these drones is easily able to withstand several rounds at the same time for a sustained period of time. Like, a couple of the buyers nod, and then there's, uh, like, some smiling among them. Yeah, Ryder nods very rigidly. <laughs> uh, yep, and as she's saying that as well, one of the people that's firing suddenly turns, stops firing, and looks up, and then suddenly he's yanked upwards into the sky. Sky drone. Yeah. Yep. You can just see, like, a trail of, of rounds being fired from a gun as it disappears up into the top of the hangar. Yep, uh, again, the, the this, this sort of breaks their ranks. They all scatter into the buildings at this point. The tank drone, again, it loads up, it charges up, and it fires a second set of rounds and pretty much immediately decimates both of the humans. If you want to give me one perception on that... I'm picturing one. this more like an autocannon now. It's 29, just... yeah. It's, it's like a... Yeah, that's an autocannon. <laughs> and then things are just exploding in chunks. It doesn't even need to do that. It's just five... Five big rounds. Like, shells in quick succession, and that's enough to just completely 
obliterate anything that's in front of it. Okay. With precision and deadly accuracy. Uh, I got a 31 for perception. Raider, you're going to... Oh, I thought you said you only wanted one. Uh, it can be from either okay. of you. Or both. Yeah. From the uh, the vantage point of the vid screen, you can see that... I mean, you've both seen Aslanti writing and markings before. One of the people that gets taken out, you can see there is Lanty writing definitely up their arm. Tattooed. Yes, but it's not military insignias. It might be something else. Huh. Possibly because uh, um, Aslanti have uh, indentured soldiers, don't they? Yeah, they got slave soldiers. Yeah, they do. Grim. Uh, unfortunately, neither of you can read Aslanti. Uh, yes, I can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Radar can. Um, Ryder doesn't speak enough of it or read enough of it. She learned a bit of it when she was on um, Lysander, but nothing substantial. Yeah, Radar took a lot of time mm. to study the enemy we were fighting. Yeah. So he's fluent in the language. Yeah. Uh, like, fluent in it. Yeah, so Radar, uh, you'd recognise the tattoo that's exposed on the arm of one of them is Asset 1008004. Uh, Radar makes a note of that. Do you want to like, like lean over Ryder's shoulder and just tap it into the data pad that she's got? Yeah. Uh, what was the number again? 1008004464. And yeah, you recognise this. Uh, between the pair of you, you can probably work out that, as you said, the Aslanti used slaves yeah. in their army. Yeah. And that's the sort of marking that would be... Right. This person is, was probably one of the people involved in the terrorist incident on Vescate then. Yeah. Is right Ryder's leap of logic. I don't know if that's correct yet. I mean it it's it checks out. I'd be surprised yeah. if there was any other way the Islanti had got here. Yeah. Unfortunately that they're both now they're both dead. paced at this <laughs> point. Yeah. Super dead. Vesk Justice. Yep. Which is basically just Yeah, dead, just die. <laughs> <laughs> the last three Vests, they all decide to to charge headlong towards <laughs> Death or glory. Will it be the tank drone? The tank drone and the spider drone. Yeah, changing a tank isn't and a good idea. Never. It looks like they've pretty much decided death or glory because they've all seen the way the battle's going. They know that there's no real way they can win. Yep. So, guns blazing, they've gone for a charge directly towards the tank and. Uh, it misses them. Most ways when you charge a tank you end up dead. No. Amazingly, the tank has laid down a line of fire, but it hasn't taken them out. It's like it's fired just beyond them. Oh. In fact... Uh, Trouble calibrating? So Doxx actually looks quizzical for a moment towards the uh, the three Vesk soldiers. Neither of them react, but... Uh, again, from the sky, this, uh, this Vulture drone has dived into the three of them, grabbed one of them again, and just slung them, like, directly using uh, using its manipulators towards an empty patch of sky. One of them makes a jump to try and climb up onto the spider tank. Uh, yeah, the whole thing spins around and basically just stomps him into the ground. Uh, the final Vesk, he, he looks absolutely terrified. Like, there's a last-ditch effort. He takes his gun and he hurls it full force <laughs> at this tank. That's not how they work. Where it explodes against the side of it. 
crackling with blue energy. Wow. And and then he's immediately killed by oh. the flying drone. But you've got to hit him. I was hoping he was going to do the uh, the Saving Private Ryan thing. He just holds a pistol up to a tiger tank and it just blows up. <laughs> no, what he did do is he overcharged his oh, gun. Cool. He was an engineer. Hurled it at the thing. He was an engineer, yeah. Yeah. It exploded and did no real damage to it. And the tank was just like, oh, and shot him. Yeah. Rudder's like got her fist clenched really, really tightly at this point. It's, it's like the Arnold meme. She just like <laughs> really wanted to help those people. I mean, they were traitors to the Vesk Empire, and yes. they were as Lenti. They didn't stand a fucking chance against giant yeah. mechanized killing machines. We don't know what half of them were doing out there. For those could be convicted murderers, for all we know. That Sheeran had at least seven parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Not helping, RJ. No. <laughs> I don't know. Ryder likes a fair fight, and that was not a fair fight. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was a tech demonstration. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Ryder, give me a perception roll as well. That 20. Plus 15. Ah. 35. As you clench your fists, you just get the inkling that someone's looking at you for a second. Uh, Ryder unclenches her fists and just like flexes her fingers like she was just... Um, do you do you, do you look to see who might be looking at you? Because you've just got you know the feeling you get that someone's looking at you. Um, no, no, she doesn't. Just going to um, unclench her fist because that would be suspicious if you look. She just um, flex mm. her fingers and go back to standing still. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, Doctor Kazashi takes up the stage again. It's like, as you can see, the latest range has included numerous advances in both weapons technology, defensive technology, and shielding. If you'd like to place any additional orders, my receptionist would be happy to arrange procurement for you. If you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer them for you. Otherwise, we look forward to further business with you. And uh, with that, the, the doors at the back open again. And uh, the group of Kasarthans, they, they start talking amongst themselves. The group of, so like, the various different species, they also start having quiet discussion uh, one of them gestures the receptionist over. There's more quiet discussion. Yeah, Rhoda's going to look over to uh, Dr. Xashi. She's not going to leave the room yet. Um, she's going to go... I don't know, is there like uh, a sort of armoured glass that uh, is between us and the, the carnage that just happened? Oh, yeah. It's fully armoured glass with like vid screens built into it. So, like, semi-transparent screens, which is how they did the heat showing overlay so that people could see where the stealth drone was. Yeah, so Ryder's going to go up to the glass. She's going to pretend to be like checking her datapad notes against the uh, the brochure, like she's uh, thinking about which one she's going to purchase. But she's actually going to see if she can spot um, Secretary Charnet in the reflection of the glass. Okay, give me a hmm, what would that be? Sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. You're trying to. Yeah. You're, you're basically trying to maneuver yourself. So that you can look like you're doing one thing while doing a different thing. Yeah, I got Okay, that's good though because I've got good dexterity. So we've got a fourteen plus a seventeen. Thirty-one. You walk up to the glass, looking calm and collected as you can. You pull out your data pad and the brochure. You start comparing them, and then just as you peek up to your reflection, you can see Secretary Ashraya. He's at the back of the room, and he is looking at you, Radar, briefly and then back 
to the rest of the group. Okay. Like the the other the other customers. Yeah, Ryder's going to continue doing what she's doing and wait for him to leave. <laughs> if that's a thing. Yep. Yeah, so after like thirty or so seconds, he he gestures over to uh, Dr. Kazashi, who's standing at the the exit, basically waiting for people to like place orders and make decisions, or if they have any questions. He says something to her quietly, and then uh, he steps back to the shuttle that took you all there. Mm. The doors close behind it, and the pilot takes him off to somewhere else in Conquest Forge. Can Radar make a mm-hmm. perception roll to see if he can hear what he says? Yes! Yes, you can. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. 35 with a nat 20. Woo! Fucking hell, that's two, that's very that's good. two yeah. nat 20s today. Yeah. Good. Your ears, perceptive as always. Yeah. Dr. Kazashi, my office when you're done, if you please. Thank you. Hmm. That's all you hear. It's an affair. It's a romance that was never to be. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it is, but I hope so. (laughs) Right. But yeah, that's all you hear. Fair enough. Um, Well, that's nothing to really be acting on. Mm-hmm. Radar's gonna walk up to Ryder, who is against the glass. Mm-hmm. What is it, boss? Uh, a fine demonstration, ma'am. Uh, I think we should certainly get a sample of one each of those. Very much so. Um, I'm thinking these three. Ryder's gonna point to to some in the brochure. N- no, ma'am. I mean, in- Radar's gonna nod through the glass. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what's um, Kazashi up to at this point? Uh, she's still waiting by the door. So basically her receptionist is now going between the groups. Uh, a lot of them are extending their orders. You hear quite a discussion of uh, 150 units from the Kasatha Consortium and uh, 17 between uh, the the Shiran humans and androids. Ryder's going to go up to Dr. Kazashi and um, sort of say, um, find demonstration, Doctor. Thank you, Miss Fontaine. Mm. Are you uh, ready to place an order now? Certainly. Uh, one question, though. What was the issue with the uh, the tank drone that um, I saw? It didn't hit its mark first time. Interesting. Uh, she snaps her fingers. The uh, the third best soldier approaches. Yes, ma'am. Look. She shot from the tank drone close to the end. I noticed didn't quite hit the mark. Can you explain that? And uh, the, the soldier says, uh, small calibration issue, ma'am. And uh, she nods to him. So, ah. Very good. Just a minor calibration issue. These drones are fresh from the manufacturing line, and maybe in those small glitches. I see. Yes, well, there's always going to be a few teething problems here and there, aren't there? Yes. And as you can see, the uh, overwhelming firepower... Um, During this conversation, can I see if she's um, nervous in any way about anything that may have just been said to her? can roll a perception. Or a sense motive, actually. All right, I'll do a sense motive. That's um, that's a different roll. That's a nineteen again plus a fifteen for sense motive. I've got the same for both. <laughs> cool. She sounds slightly concerned about something, but you get the feeling it might not be just about what the soldier said. Okay, <laughs> that that's even more concerning. She's worried the affair might have been discovered. Does she have any concern towards me? Or uh, that's pushing it a bit for a a sense. Okay, no, that's fine. Something has her slightly concerned, and it may or may not have to do with uh, what Secretary Ashtraya said to her. You can't tell. 
it's either she's concerned because one of the drones didn't perform up to its full capability or because she's being summoned to the Department of Sight. You can't <laughs> quite be sure. Okie dokie. In that case, Ryder's going to strut out to the reception. She's going to say, uh, thank you very much for the demonstration. Yep, you approach the receptionist. It's like, Miss Fontaine, are you ready to place an order? I believe so, yes. Um, I'll take uh, these three, please. Um, can you make sure they are activated and ready to use off-world? Assembly will begin on them immediately. The construction time for an order of that size shouldn't be longer than a few hours. However, activation of the drones will not take place until the purchase order funds have entirely cleared and our due diligence is complete. I'm sure you understand. Yes, absolutely. Would you uh, like to confirm the transaction now? They tap on their own pad, hand it over to you, and it's got a space for you to enter your details. Okay. Uh, financial to... details. Yeah, Rhoda's going to take her credit stick out for the Throckwell Banking Consortium. Mm-hmm. And, uh, brackets and yeah. Zopian brackets. Yes. <laughs> and enter the details in for that account. I guess you can give me one uh, like int-, int roll to remember okay. the details correctly. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, fifteen plus two, seventeen. Uh, yeah, that's that's good enough. It, you, you you tap at uh, the pad after connecting up your stick to it, and you complete a brief purchase order for uh, the amount of sixty nine thousand credits. Yes, nice. <laughs> Do you say nice? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The, re- uh, the receptionist <laughs> under breath is like nice. Very gently. We can contact you once your manufacturing is complete, or we can let you know once the due diligence is passed. If you'd like a, a tour of the facility, you can watch as your drones are assembled, if you'd like. Oh, that might be interesting. Um, yeah. Got some time this evening. What do you think, uh, Mr. Voz? Uh, I believe our schedule is clear, ma'am. Uh, we could certainly take time to see the manufacturing process. And why not? Yes, yes, I think that would be, that'd be a nice way to spend an evening. After that particular demonstration, very impressive, by the way. Ah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, re- the receptionist, who you can see there, the tag shows that the name is Caspian. Caspian, okay. Yes, yeah. nice. uh, mostly like greenish vesk with uh, like black uh, markings around the eyes and the muzzle and the tip of the tail. Cool. They take the dataped back, they hand it to uh, Dots Kazashi, who, who nods, starts going through to check the order numbers, and then uh, nods to you and like, Ladies, gentlemen, others, thank you very much for your business. I have some other issues I must attend to now, but if you have any questions or you'd like a further tour of the facility, please speak to my associate, Caspian, and they'd be more than happy to accommodate you. Thank you. Good night. Have a good night. And yeah, with that, she, uh, she turns and walks out. And you're left with Caspian. The other groups, uh, one of them looks like they declined the tour. They, uh, the Xarthans, they're they're going back to like the civilian sector because their their order of 150 drones is going to take like weeks to prepare. So Caspian leads you out of this room. From here, you've got like an external view of the battle like testing area, and you can see there's now like some uh, skittermanders who are collecting up like the various bodies and hosing down the arena and preparing it for further war games. Christ. Yeah, Ryder's going to look at that and, and wince a little bit. I'm like, holy shit. And, uh, yeah, so what's what's going to happen now is are they going to um, build the drones in front of us and then we uh, head back to the civilian district? So you remember the manufacturing 
area you passed through to get here. Yes. Essentially, within that, uh, Caspian can, if you choose, lead you to the section where they're constructing the actual drones that will be built for you. Okay, and Caspian's got my um, my datapad numbers, right? Your data. Oh, as in he's got your contact details, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Specifically can... for Camilla Fontaine and not my my real ones. Yeah, you spoke to them when you first dialed in. Right, okay. Caspian passed you to Dr. Kazashi. Right. So they have all your details ready to go. Okay, good. He leads you down so like a set of stairs to another one of those cart machines, and then there's a there's a short drive through the Department of Forge. But at this time, because it's got quite late in the evening, it's not as busy as it used to be. Uh, there's less like overt activity going on. There's still like the odd person working late. There's still some hangers where like tests are going on into the night and things like that. But after like a short drive around the uh, edge of the facility, they take you to a semi-automated production line. Right. And from there, you can see at one end like molten steel is being brought down from massive blast furnaces located closer to the heart of the Department of Forge. And from there, the, the steel and aluminium are being poured into giant smelting pots and then being poured into giant casting moulds. And then they're being stamped into shapes, brought onto assembly lines. Like robotic arms are bringing in components and attaching them to like the, uh, the still like glowing metal before it's being passed into like galvanizing dip bays. And then it's almost like a processed construction line from one end to the other. Proper sort of dwarven, um, chunky industry going on. <laughs> but on a massive scale, you're not on the production line, but you're almost at an elevated walkway above it, behind glass. Yeah. So you can observe construction of these three machines <laughs> being built in front of you. Weapons of doom, yeah. It's like the yeah. intro to Lord of War. Yeah. It's pretty much like the intro to Lord of War, only instead of the perspective of a bullet, you're the perspective of you. And you're just watching down as these drones are being built for you. Yeah, Caspian tells you. So, did you enjoy the tech demonstration earlier? Oh, very much so. Yes. Um, always good to see uh, efficiency in action. Already gives a little smile. Thank you very much. Doctor Kazashi has worked incredibly hard on the latest designs for this drone team. Yes. Um, shame about the uh, misfire though on the. Um tank drone. I, I spotted that. I asked uh, Zashi about it. Apparently uh, some sort of calibration issue. I'm sure that will be uh, fixed later though. Those drones were freshly assembled. It may just have been there's a small calibration error when they were going through the final assembly process, but uh, you can rest assured that all the drones that we provide come with extended warranties for at least 1,000 battle hours. I see. It's just part of um, my job to impress people that I'm going to be showing these drones to, you see. Of course. At this point, you can see that the drones that you're watching being built have entered into some kind of baking oven where the raw chassis are uh, sort of empty of components, but the main like frames are all there, and they're, they're, they're slowly having the powder coating sort of baked onto them. Well, I'll leave the rest of the process to you. Um, myself and Mr. Voss here are going to head back to the uh, civilian sector, I think, at this point now. When your drones are complete, you'll be able to collect them from this docking port here. They pass you some details across to your datapad. We'll be able to activate them and uh, get them battle ready from that point as well. And after that, you'll be able to uh, take them to part. Okay, we're well, just going to make a note of the, uh, the docking, what do you say, a docking area? The construction line that you can see extends all the way down and around 
like up out of your view. But uh, it runs to a final like large storage hangar where your order and other people's orders are like boxed up and prepped for shipping. And then right. it's designed in such a way that uh, cargo container ships and private like uh, consumer ships can dock, have them loaded up, and then depart. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ryder's going to like uh, nod to uh, Caspian and uh, sort of head out to. Is there like a security uh, guard waiting there on another little golf cart to head back to the? Metro station. Yep. So yeah, you can be taking back to the metro station from there. Caspian sort of bids you good evening, and uh, goes back upstairs. Have a good night, Caspian. You too. Thank you very much for your business. And yeah, she kind of nods, heads out, waits for um, Mr. Voz. Mr. Voss has never been more than six feet away from her at any time. Yeah, like checking, put, put sticking his finger in his ear every now and again, looking over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Like for all of that, he will have been looking out and around, staying aware. Um, do you want me to make like a generic perception roll in case there's anything we missed? Uh, yeah, sure. As That's as the, the designated eyes. Yeah, uh, thirty-two. Wow. Plus fifteen. From yeah. your vantage point, you probably noticed as well that that Doctor Kazashi looked slightly nervous when she was summoned to the Department of Sight. Yeah. And you can't figure out exactly what the cause of the nervousness hmm. would be, whether it was the issues with the technical demonstration or something else. On the metro train on the way home, because it's going to take quite a while to get back to the hotel, right? It's, it's going to be, again, another, like, at least half an hour. Rhoda's going to be quite tense. She's going to bring out her data pads, log on to the Department of Sight again. Yep. And check if she has weapon clearance for Conqueror's Forge 2. Yeah, I mean, did you give yourself weapons clearance? Um, I don't think she would have done at the time, but uh. would that have just come normally with uh, a double agent operative Not working on necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. What do you need weapons clearance for? Because we might have a problem with Secretary Shurnitz. <laughs> not if we're not here. They're pretty sure that we're here. Well, no, we just get the drones and leave. Yeah, they might try and block the order. It's going to take time to manufacture them. And I, I think at that point, if Secretary showed it themselves has blocked the order, no amount of what you've done in their database is going to help us. Uh, I'm probably right. You know, there's you, a spunky otter from the backwater, or the literal head of Vesk Intelligence. Well, I know who my money's on. Well, I'm hoping yeah, it's on I'm, us. I'm betting on the best yeah. two. Oh, so, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, you. you. <laughs> yeah, you can do great. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> I believe in you. Pick the fight you would win. At least someone does. Would there be any way to give myself weapons clearance through this data pad and my mm. current clearance level? Not through that data pad. You know how to give yourself weapons clearance, but uh, you also know how we have to do it, so... I have to go back into the. Uh... Yeah, you'd have to go back to the Department of Mind, and you'd have to go back to the Best Central database, and that's ah, too risky. Yeah, if it gets blocked, we cut our losses and leave. If it gets blocked, um, we're going to have to fight our way out. Yeah, I know, but the like is good at running away from things. That's true. I've got to get to it first. That's. I had a thought. 
Now this is Ryder very, very quietly saying this. And that's simply, well, we've got some leftover funds, Mark. We could hire a Vesk local vessel to pick up the crate, then rendezvous with the Leica in space. Transfer the drones. We could do, or we could purchase ourselves some um, body armour on the station. I mean, yeah. Radar, what was it you wanted to buy? Uh, it's Freebooter 3 armour. It's light armour. It costs 16,900 credits. You can afford it, and there is an armour station. And unlike weapons, armour isn't as tightly restricted as well. I didn't think it would be. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you've already seen other people have been wearing body armour yeah. when, when you were I've... doing perception checks on other clients. <laughs> yep, so you follow the map to the armour section. This section of the uh, Conquest Forge, it's like a smaller office complex. The testing rooms here, they look like they're more designed for defensive testing. There's just one very tired looking engineer. Uh, they've still got their lab coat on, they're just at uh, the desk. Looks like they're going through schematics or drawings for something as you approach them. <laughs> they're the only person left in the office building that's look up to you weary. It's like, gonna help. Uh, yes, we'd like to uh, purchase some mission-critical assets. Uh, Mr. Vosbot, what will you be purchasing? Uh, I'd like a set of Freebooter Mark III, please. And the vest mm -hmm. just looks at their watch, looks back at you, and then just pours himself a coffee while maintaining eye contact. As they look back at Edward Voss, he glares down at them like they don't matter. <laughs> There's a mutual hatred between you all. And that their their sudden cessation of life activities would be a mere trivial inconvenience to us right now. And mm. one shock mm -hmm. truncheon as well, please. Uh, the it, static mm. version, if possible. Ryder's going to smile. He taps onto his data pad, like, uh, doesn't even get up as uh, one of the, uh, like, an automated drone brings over those items. There's, like, a massive toothy yawn, so... Oh. oh, right. Well, he takes the data pad, looks at it, and just like flips it around to you, and is just like, right, purchase order. Certainly. Uh, Rod's going to ha hand over the um, the cred stick for Throckwell Banking Consortium. In brackets, Yosaki. Type in all of the details. Go on. You can do me one more intelligence roll to see if you get anything <laughs> wrong. Sure. Nat twenty again. I'm good with these. Plus uh, two. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like pip 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 pip. And yeah, all the before. all the details are in there. And then yes, the uh, the total amount for those items is withdrawn, which I think only leaves two thousand credits. That sounds about right. Yeah, we spent sixty nine k on the uh, the three good drones. He uh, he picks up the armor and the trenches. Like, would you like either of them gift wrapped? Um, no, thank you. But a smile from you is gift wrap enough. He scowls. You should have said yes. <laughs> You will have no gift wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> it's 11 in the evening. This poor Vesk just wants to go. Well, it doesn't care. <laughs> he hands over the two items and then just goes back to page 143 of the 278 pages of schematics he needs to review by tomorrow. Sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Ryder um, gives a, a polite little bow, takes a new um, shock truncheon out of its box, and inspects it a little bit as she's walking down the, the street back to the station with uh, yeah. Radar. Does Radar's armour come in a carry case? Like a hard case? It probably comes folded into like a light carry case, just like a, a plastic yeah. surround. It looks like Radar's uh, carrying two briefcases now. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, Rod is going to see if she can like find somewhere to stash this enormous. I assume it's a Vesk truncheon. It's not specifically built for Yosaki. That's something um, she'll have to ask V to mod on later. It's Vesk, but the length is extendable. So you could probably put it into its shortest setting and then only be like half your height. Well, I'm wondering if she can like like store it on her back like she does with her swords. But yeah, uh, yeah, you make it back to the hotel that incident, and yeah, I mean, that's about it for this session. But for a day's work, that's not bad. Ahoy hoy everybody, Cypher here, aka Ryder, and once again thank you for listening to Cosmopunk. If you're still listening and you like what you just heard, why not tell your friends about us? That'd be really cool of you. And if you really like what you just heard, why not buy us a Kofi? Links to our Twitter, Kofi, Discord, and all of the other places you can listen to this podcast are in the description below. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be seeing you all in two weeks' time. Till then, shoot straight and roll high.